Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Return Mail Incorporated versus United States Postal Service. Certiorari to United States Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. Argued February 19th, 2019. Decided June 10th, 2019. The Leahy Smith America Invents Act, AIA, of 2011 created the Patent and Trial Appeal Board. 35 U.S.C. Section 6C, and established three types of administrative review proceedings before the board that enable a person other than the patent owner to challenge the validity of a patent post-issuance. 1. Inter partes review, Section 311. 2. Post-grant review, Section 321. And 3. Covered Business Method Review, CBM Review, note following Section 321. After an adjudicatory proceeding, the board either confirms the patent claims or cancels some or all of them, Sections 318B and 328B. Any dissatisfied party may then seek judicial review in the Federal Circuit, Section 319 and 329. In addition to AIA review proceedings, a patent can be re-examined either in federal court during a defense to an infringement suit, Section 282B, or in an ex parte re-examination by the Patent Office, Sections 301A and 302A. Return Mail Incorporated owns a patent that claims a method for processing undeliverable mail. The Postal Service subsequently introduced an enhanced address chain service to process undeliverable mail, which return mail asserted infringed on its patent. The Postal Service petitioned for ex parte re-examination of the patent, but the Patent Office confirmed the patent's validity. Return mail then sued the Postal Service in the Court of Federal Claims, seeking compensation for the unauthorized use of its invention. While that suit was pending, the Postal Service petitioned for CBM review. The Patent Board concluded that the subject matter of return mail's claims was ineligible to be patent, and thus cancelled the claims underlying its patent. The Federal Circuit affirmed, concluding as relevant here, that the government is a person eligible to petition for CBM review. The Supreme Court held, the decision below was reversed and remanded, and Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court. The government is not a person capable of instituting the 3AIA review proceedings. In the absence of an express definition of the term person in the patent statutes, the court applies a long-standing interpretive presumption that person does not include the sovereign, and thus excludes a federal agency like the Postal Service. That's Vermont Agency of Natural Resources versus United States XREL Stevens. This presumption reflects common usage. That's United States versus mine workers, as well as an express directive from Congress in the Dictionary Act. That's 1 U.S.C. Section 1. The Dictionary Act does not include the federal government among the persons listed in the definition of person that courts use in determining the meaning of any act of Congress, unless the context indicates otherwise. Section 1. Contrary to the Postal Service's contention otherwise, 
This court has, in several instances, applied the presumption against treating the government as a statutory person, even when, as here, doing so would exclude the government or one of its agencies from accessing a benefit or favorable procedural device. See United States v. Cooper Corp. Thus, the court here proceeds from the presumption that the government is not a person authorized to initiate these proceedings, absent an affirmative showing to the contrary. The Postal Service must point to some indication in the AIA's text or context affirmatively showing that Congress intended to include the government as a person, but its arguments are unpersuasive. The Postal Service first argues that the AIA's reference to person in the context of post-insurance, excuse me, post-issuance review proceedings must include the government because the other references to persons in the patent statutes appear to do so. The consistent usage principle i.e., when Congress uses a word to mean one thing in one part of the statute, it will mean the same thing elsewhere in the statute. However, readily yields to context, especially when a statutory term is used throughout a statute and takes on distinct characters in distinct statutory provisions. That'd be Utility Air Regulatory Group versus the EPA. Here, where there are at least 18 references to persons in the Patent Act and the AIA, no clear trend is shown. Sometimes person plainly includes or excludes the government, but sometimes, as here, it might be read either way. The mere existence of some government-inclusive references cannot make the affirmative showing required to overcome the presumption that the government is not a person eligible to petition for AIA review proceedings. The Postal Service next points to the federal government's long-standing history with the patent system, arguing that because federal officers have been able to apply for patents in the name of the United States since 1883, Congress must have intended to allow the government to access AIA review proceedings. But the government's ability to obtain a patent does not speak to whether Congress meant for the government to participate as a third-party challenger in AIA proceedings established only eight years ago. Moreover, even assuming that the government may petition for ex parte reexamination of an issued patent, as a 1981 Patent Office Manual of Patent Examining Procedure indicates, an ex parte reexamination process is fundamentally different from an AIA review proceeding. The former process is internal, and the party challenging the patent may not participate. By contrast, adversarial adjudicatory AIA review proceedings are between the person who petitioned for review and the patent owner. They include briefing, a hearing, discovery, and the presentation of evidence, and the losing party has appeal rights. Congress may have had good reason to authorize the government to initiate a hands-off ex parte re-examination, but not to become a party to the AIA's full-blown adversarial proceeding. Nothing suggests that Congress had the 1981 MPEP statement about ex parte re-examination in mind when it created the AIA review proceedings, and because there is no settled meaning of the term person with respect to the newly established AIA review proceedings, see Bragdon versus Abbott. The MPEP does not justify putting aside the presumptive meaning of person. Finally, 
The Postal Service argues that it must be a person who may petition for AIA review proceedings because, like other potential infringers, it is subject to civil liability and can assert a defense of patent invalidity. It would thus be anomalous, the Postal Service posits, to deny it a benefit afforded to other infringers, namely, the ability to challenge a patent de novo before the patent office, rather than only with clear and convincing evidence in defense to an infringement suit. Federal agencies, however, face lower and more calculable risks than non-governmental actors, so it is reasonable for Congress to have treated them differently. Excluding federal agencies from the AIA review proceedings also avoids the awkward situation of having a civilian patent owner defend the patentability of her invention in an adversarial adjudicatory proceeding initiated by one federal agency and overseen by a different federal agency. The decision below is reversed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh joined. Justice Breyer filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Ginsburg and Kagan joined. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at Rhodes Scholar 80, that's R-O-A-D-S and 8-0, or on Instagram or Twitter at Court Syllabus. Thank you.